0: Bring up the subject of life insurance in a group of people, and you'll have many different opinions. Many of those opinions are negative. Many people don't like to talk about life insurance for various reasons. But let's let's have a discussion about it today, because it's in a just a very uh, valid part of a good steward's financial planning. Now, for those people who say, you know, I'm not buying life insurance for whatever reason. I've heard people say as a financial planner I've been doing this for 25 years. I've had, especially men, say I'm not buying life insurance because I don't want my wife spending that money on another man. Or I don't want another man coming into my house and, and, and living off my life insurance money. I've had, actually, even the, the, the reason I bring it up is because I've had several men say that. Or something close to that. Many people will say. I'm not paying the premiums on it. I I can't afford it. I can't afford it. When people say I can't afford it. What they're saying is. That there are other things more important. In their financial stewardship. Than life insurance. There are Christians who say. Life insurance is sinful. That we should not uh rely upon life insurance uh as a financial means for our families, that we should be presumptuous on God. And you and I both know that we should not presume upon God. But there are many people who will not buy life insurance uh, and use different reasoning from a from a biblical standpoint. Uh, and and when when I get into those conversations um for every uh a uh, person who says it's it's non-biblical i can show them a couple reasons that it is so let's let's actually talk about that so <clears throat> number 1 do i think that life insurance is is biblical absolutely it absolutely is um nowhere in scripture does it say we should not have leverage uh which is what life insurance is uh in our stewardship now the primary verse and I know that that there there are people who say well you know you could pick a, a verse and, and use it for anything listen there is no doubt in my mind what this particular verse means 1 Timothy 5 8 says anyone who does not provide for their relatives especially for those of their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever Worse than an unbeliever. Now, what that is talking about? Now, now I've read uh, uh, the 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 issue surrounding uh, that verse, um, and I believe it's, it it covers many things. I think it, it it speaks of writing for your family in a physical and spiritual way, but for the gospels to to. Speak about stewardship over 2,300 times. There is there's absolutely no question in my mind that First Timothy five eight also includes financially. You take care of your family. Okay? Let me read it to you again. First Timothy five eight says anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for those of their own household is denied to faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Worse than an unbeliever. Uh, and I, I encourage you to read first Timothy. And um, in First Timothy five sixteen, it says, "If any woman who is a believer has widows in her care, she should continue to help them, and not let the church be burdened with them, so that the church can help those widows who are really in need." So, if you, I mean, if you actually really just kind of study that verse, what has happened is, is that widow has been left destitute. Let me read it to you again. First Timothy five sixteen, if any woman who is a believer has widows in her care, she should continue to help them and not let the church be burdened with them, so the church can help those widows who are really in need. Paul's talking. and Paul's talking about widows that have been left with nothing, widows that have been left with nothing. Philippians two four says this: not looking to your own interest, but to each. Of you to the interest of others. Now, I've I've not heard other uh, uh, Christian financial planners use Philippians two four in regards to justifying life insurance, but I think it's on its on its face value. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others is really life insurance in a nutshell. Because it says not looking to your own interest. Listen, you you personally cannot collect on your own life insurance, right? You got to die. You're not spending the money. So, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. So, what you are doing is you are looking to the interest of others, not your own, in regards to life insurance. Now, I can give you more. I don't think we need to. First Timothy five eight, in, in my opinion, tells us enough. Philippians two four definitely tells me um, that that we should look for the interests of others. And then 1 Timothy 5.16 is talking about widows who have been left destitute and should not be a burden on the church. Right? So, there are a lot of people, and there is one or two on, on the radio, uh, that, that have a lot of opinions about life insurance. I want you to forget everything that you know about life insurance for just a couple of minutes. Just assume that you know nothing And I'm going to give you a couple of new terms that I want you to absorb. Okay? I want you to absorb and apply it to your own financial plan. Your own Christian biblical financial plan. I want you to remember this sentence. Life insurance is self-completing. Okay? Just just hang on to that. Life insurance is self-completing. So when I say that, here's how that applies. So when I sit down with with a couple in particular, whether it be a young family um, in their twenties and thirties, forties, uh, or someone in in their fifties or sixties, being a faith based financial planner, we do things uh, uh, much different. Okay, there's not many of us doing it, but we are different. Um, so the question that I ask and it. it there's reasonings for this, but let me give you just a few questions, and and if you've got a piece of paper, if you, you've got an opportunity to write this down, write this down. What is it, what is it that you want to do financially? Now, that's a broad question, right? So, many people will say, well, what do you mean? Well, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you have children, what are your, what, from a financial standpoint, is there anything that you want to do for the children? Well, yeah, Jay, we, we want to send them to college or give them an opportunity to go to college. That's great. That's great. So we write down, send children to college. So the first thing that a financial planner from the worldview would say is, well, we've got to set up a 529 plan, right? Got to set up a 529 plan. So there's actually two categories here. One is from a biblical perspective. The other is worldview, <clears throat> But let's move on. What else do you want to do financially? Well, um, we'd like to pay off the house uh, uh, early oh well, okay that, that that that's great. So you're telling me you want to be debt free. Yes, 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 Jay. We want to be debt free. Um, so we owe on the car, we owe on the house and and and, and you know we're applying an extra hundred dollars a month to the the mortgage and you know if we do that, we could pay off the house five or six years early that, that wonderful wonderful um, what else from a ministry standpoint or kingdom oriented standpoint well Jay we'd like to be able to to have enough money in our 401ks or our IRAs or money set aside so that we could do some ministry work maybe do some mission work in, in Africa or Central America uh, and 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 maybe even and, you know uh, uh, start a few new churches uh, in some of these remote areas that that's a wonderful kingdom oriented plan congratulations I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about that And we could fill in several different what-ifs that you want to do, right? What is the key factor in those things happening? Now, before you jump to, to a quick answer, think about the question. What is the one variable that's actually at 100%? What is the one variable that has to happen for those financial goals to happen? You have to be alive. You have to be alive. Now, I'm going to say something here that that I don't want it to be uh, uh, chauvinistic, but many times we view the man as being the, the the breadwinner, right? So let's let's incorporate the man and the woman because many people are, are we have men and women both working uh, in the workforce, right? So. If if your intentions are to raise your kids, pay off your home early, uh, retire early, um, and, and will <clears throat> just all the financial goals that you have, sending the kids to college, maybe uh, uh, you know helping them buy their first home, whatever it is, you have to be alive. Some people say, "Well, you got to have a job." Well, you know, if if you're alive. If you if you're alive, you got an opportunity to earn income elsewhere. All right, so the job is not necessarily the big variable here. The variable is I got to be alive. So what happens if you're not alive? Do plans change? Let's say the man passes away. Now I was in law enforcement for 12 years, and I can tell you that everyone uh, every f- uh, fatal accident that I uh, worked the scene of, or every murder investigation or death investigation that I was involved in did not always involve people that were 95 years old. Many times they involved young people. Okay? So if you think that that just because you say you're going to live to be 95 doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you're going to live to be 95. <clears throat> so do you need to plan for the what ifs? Absolutely. Because you if you just filled in the blank and you said these are our uh, aspirations, we want to do these things. One or both of you have to be alive, right? One or both of you have to be alive. If you remove one from the household, do plans change financial or financially? Absolutely. What happens if if there is nothing in place? Nothing in place. What happens is many times the surviving spouse has to sell the home. Many times the surviving spouse has to work two jobs. Many times the surviving spouse has to remarry out of need and not out of love. Many times if there are not financial uh, uh, safety nets involved, many times they sell the home and move in with their parents At uh, who's, who the parents may be in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They're, listen, if you can imagine it, I've seen it. The, the, the worst part that I see especially for women, is having to remarry because they were left with nothing. They couldn't afford the home anymore, okay? They either moved into a dump or moved in with their parents. Or they jumped right back into another marriage just to take care of their children. Just to take care of them. That's, that's the reality of things. And for anybody to, to say anything differently, is, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's wrong. I have seen it (laughs) many times. What I have seen, and you have seen it too on Facebook, is the GoFundMe pages just asking for the simple thing of raising money to bury their loved one because there were not financial safety nets involved. So what is life insurance? Life insurance completes a financial plan. Okay, Life insurance completes a financial plan if you're not here. If you're here, you complete it, right? Hopefully, you know if you have the goals uh, to save money and and save, uh, 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 you know whatever the goals were, taking you know uh, sending the, the children to college, whatever it is, and you're both here, then we don't worry about it, right? We save in 529 plans. We, we you know uh, do different things financially to, to, to reach your your living goals. But the reality is you may not be here. Open up your your newspaper if you still get the newspaper, if not, just Google it and your local community and just type in obituaries and look over the last seven days and tell me how how many people under the age of 50 are in the obituary section. It's a dose of reality, people. I'm 53 years of age, and I see my classmates passing away. You know, we're, you know, through friends groups on, on Facebook. Well, so-and-so passed away. I'm like, doggone it, they're 52 or 53 years of age. You know, some of them are still raising kids. Listen, not everyone is guaranteed to live until they're 100. It, it, it's just not reality. So what as a, as a person who says 1 Timothy 5.8 means that I'm taking care of my family emotionally, spiritually, and financially, you are obligated You are obligated to make sure that your family is taken care of if you're not here. If you're not here. So life insurance completes a financial plan in the event that you're not here. Now, I said something. I said there's one thing that's a variable that's actually 100% mortality is 100%. Everyone who thinks they're going to live forever, people, you're not. You're not. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. So why would we not be prepared like it's going to happen tomorrow? Okay? You, It, it is necessary. It is necessary. Now, I, I really don't want to get into the, the conversation of, well, what's the best type of life insurance? Everyone's got an opinion on that. You know, well, you know, you got one guy on the radio saying, don't you ever buy whole life insurance? And you got the other one saying, you know, term insurance is the only way to go. And some people that that, that, that may be uh, saying, well, you need a company. Everyone's got an opinion on it, right? Everyone's got an opinion on it. I've got my opinion on it. I know how I use life insurance to complete a financial plan I and, and uh, my opinion. Uh, I can't find anything in Scripture that says, well, you got to have uh, 25% whole life and 75%... T- and it, scripture doesn't talk about that. It just says, don't be a bum and take care of your family. That's what Scripture is saying. Okay? Don't let your widow be a burden on the church. Now, before... Now, you, you may be surprised by this. And, and I've actually uh, lost clients because of this uh, philosophy or theology. Many people will call me because they know that I am an investment advisor. And they say, "Jay, yeah, I want to invest." Well, how do you want to invest? Well, I got, you know, several thousand dollars in the bank that we saved and we want to put it uh, we want to invest it. Oh, well, investing's fun, right? And, and investing is is, is you know, people look at it as being sexy. It's the fun thing to do. I will not allow someone to invest with me until I know that they have a a a, a financial plan. That is supported or leveraged by life insurance. I will not. I've lost clients because of it. They're like, we don't want to buy life insurance. We just want to invest. I'm like, I ain't doing it. It's wrong. It's wrong. Let me tell you why I say that. If you look at a house, a house has a foundation. A good biblical financial plan also has a foundation. And that foundation is, is... Created with life insurance. Because what it says is that financial plan does not exist. Will not complete unless you're alive. A good financial planner would never allow you to start throwing money into an investment plan. When they when they asked you what your goals are. And you said, well I want to retire at 55 and I want to do all these things. Your financial planner should have said, what if you don't live to 55? What if you don't live until your kids are out of high school? What, what if, what if, what if? A good, solid financial plan will always be founded upon life insurance. The second thing, the second building block to a financial plan is an emergency fund. That's another thing that people just they don't like when I when I bring a reality to a financial plan. I start it with life insurance. The second level of that foundation is an emergency fund. Before you start investing in you know stocks, bonds, mutual funds, if you don't have those two in place, you ain't doing business in my office. I'm not. I'm not going to go against my own faith and go against my own beliefs that I've been that have, I have accumulated for the last quarter of a century based on knowledge, based on uh, experiences, based on those women and children that have been left destitute because their dad or their husband was a cheapskate. And the reality is people don't buy life insurance because they don't want to pay the premium. That's the reality of it. There's no other reason. Some people say, well... You know, I, I can't buy it because of uh, health issues. Well, there are guaranteed issue things that we could buy. It's going to be more expensive. should have bought it when you he was healthy, right? It's like long-term care insurance. When you're in a nursing home, you ain't buying long-term care insurance. You've got, you got to be proactive. You, when, when, when you sit down and say, this is, these are our goals, these are our goals, how do we accomplish them? Well, you've got to, your goals are accomplished one of two ways. One, while you're living. Two, if you don't live long enough to complete the goals. That financial plan should be circular. It should be able to complete the financial plan, should be able to to sustain the goals or complete the goals, regardless of whether you're alive and still earning an income or you have deceased in the middle of that financial plan. Does that make sense? And from an emotional standpoint, And I'm 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 going to use a little guilt here, especially for the men that are listening. Do you want your wife to go to, to have to remarry? Okay. Do you want your wife to have to remarry to take care of your kids because you would not pay the premium on life insurance to make sure that she could stay happy, that they could stay in their own home, that they could still go to college, they could do all those things that you said were important to you while you were living. But now when you're dead, they're not important anymore? Think about it. I mean, that's, that, that's just plumb silly. Well, the, 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 my financial goals are not important if I'm dead. Well, what about the people that are still here? Are they important to them? You want to you wanna talk about a, a catastrophic issue. The kids just lost their dad. The wife just lost her husband. And now they got to figure out how they're going to pay for your funeral, how they're going to stay in their own home, how they're going to survive. Don't put them in that situation. The last thing that you want your wife and kids to have to worry about is money. It's the last thing you want them. Let it, give them an opportunity to grieve. You know, your wife doesn't want to get on Facebook and put a GoFundMe page up just so she could bury you. Right? So there's your dose of reality. There's there's life insurance from a biblical perspective. First Timothy five eight. First Timothy five eight. And don't don't you know say, well, yeah, I'm just being sold life insurance. You know, they're they're trying to get me. People, oh, there are many reasons to buy life insurance. Okay. Many reasons. Everyone's goals are different, but it's a really simple concept. How much life insurance do you need? You got to put a monetary amount on your goals and then you got to put a monetary amount on your debt. So if you owe $200,000 on a mortgage, $20,000 on a car, start adding those up. Okay, do you want to leave your spouse and your children with debt? No, you don't, you don't. Don't make them worry about having to pay debt. So you need enough life insurance to cover that and start putting a monetary number on your goals. Well, I want to send my kids to college. Well, how much does it cost to send my kids to college? Maybe a couple hundred grand. You've got two kids, maybe a hundred thousand dollars each. I depends on where they want to go to school. Depends on what they want to do, All right? But put a monetary number on there, and then when you add up your debts and the cost of your goals and the and the cost, and I like to use five percent, the amount of money invested at five percent to provide income to your surviving spouse and your children. For example, a million dollars would pay your your surviving family fifty thousand dollars a year at five percent. A million dollars. People say, "Oh my gosh, a million dollars!" You know what? A million dollars doesn't go far in a financial plan. It really doesn't. When it, when we're talking about a, a lifetime income, you know, if you passed away at age thirty or thirty five, and you want your your family to survive, how long do you want the money, the income to last? If you say, "Well, ten years," well, what's going to happen at the end of the ten years? You're basically just saying, well, they're going to have to figure it out. They're just going to have to figure it out. People, let's stop it there. Okay? Let's stop it there. I am passionate about life insurance. Because I have delivered millions upon millions of dollars of death benefit. And I've seen the difference between the family that was underinsured or not insured and the family that was. It's night and day. It's a it, it completely different environment. If you have questions about it, here's what I, a lot of people have life insurance. They say, well, I've got it through work. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's probably not enough. You, you have one or two times uh, income at work often. If you change jobs, which people change jobs on average of 10 times in a lifetime, you, you, that doesn't go with you, okay? You're, you're better off having a private plan. That's my opinion, my opinion. But you need to review your life insurance. What you currently have is it enough? If it's not enough, then you need to look at the options. But it is a life insurance is a science, right? It's a it's a, a mathematical uh, a number. It's not well. You, you need uh, two million dollars life insurance? No, I don't know what you need. Depends on what your debts are. Depends on, on what kind of income you want to leave your your surviving spouse, um, and what your goals are. Does life insurance change over your life? Absolutely. I think you need more when you're raising your kids, when you're raising your family. As you as you eliminate debt and eliminate your your requirement to provide an income, life insurance changes. You may need a you know a, a higher number, let's say a million, couple million bucks when you're 30 years of age, and when you're 60, do you need that? Probably not. But everyone is different. Each plan is different. Each plan is different. I love to use uh, uh, life insurance as leverage for people to fund the kingdom upon their death. That they could actually leave their IRA to the kingdom, which would be non-taxable to a charitable organization, and leave life insurance, which is non-taxable, to their spouse or their children. It is a tool. It is leverage. It it It, it is needed in a financial plan. Regardless, if you have questions about your current plan, I'd be happy to, to give you a review. Um... If you if you don't know if you're just if you just hate salespeople, right? A lot of people do, and you want to talk to a guy that's not going to try to sell you something over the phone. Then pick up the phone and call me. Right, pick up the phone and call me. I'll get I'll give you a. Uh, it, it doesn't take long <clears throat> to figure out what the magic number is. It's just a series of questions. It takes five or ten minutes. Um, or you could have done it yourself uh, with just the information I gave you over the phone or over the the, the podcast today. You can find my contact information at kingdomplanadvisory.com, kingdomplanadvisory.com, toll-free number is 888-226-7614. Listen, don't be one of those people that that tries to justify being a cheapskate, and that's what the reality, that's what it is. Uh, You can say whatever you want to say, but the reality is people don't like paying a premium, and men don't like paying a premium because they know that they're never going to be able to spend the life insurance money, right? (laughs) Listen, I've been doing this. Quarter of a century. I know why people do what they do. So reach out. Let me help you. Uh, If you have a plan in place and you think that you're adequately insured, let's just review it. Right? At the minimum, let's review if if it's a, a, a good plan for you. Uh, there's a lot of new different types of life insurance out there to have accelerated benefit riders that may uh, may be a, a, a good part of your financial plan. Uh, always review your beneficiary designations. Make sure that that you know things are set up properly in the household. So, KingdomPlanAdvisory.com. God bless you. I hope you make a good decision in regards to this. Don't avoid it. Don't procrastinate. Mortality is 100%. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit kingdomplanadvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.